Hello and welcome to the PC Gamer UK podcast. My name is Samuel Roberts and I'm joined today by Phil Savage and Andy Kelly. We're going to talk a bit about Overwatch today, the game that everyone's talking about right now and sharing memes of, no matter how insufferable or unfunny. Um, no, the game's very good, obviously. It's just because uh, I played the beta, these all feel like jokes of something that I that I've I've already seen like three months ago. Yeah, I, I know, like I, the memes. I know Reaper does that. I know Reaper does that. I know Reaper. Yeah. Spins See, around. I don't. I never yeah. played the beta, so I like I I genuinely love the memes. I spent a long time on the subreddit chuckling at memes. So yeah, okay, yeah. right. Okay, good. Devil's Advocate. <laughs> so we've got that, and also uh, Hitman uh, has a new episode that Andy's uh, played a little bit of. Um, we've not really played that in depth yet, but we're going to talk a bit about that. I finished it just uh, moments before arriving here. I finished it. So Nice. Cool. Yeah, I thought I'd quickly get the two main targets done just for the sake of informed podding. Well-informed, yes, nice. for sure. And then there's uh, some Civilization Six talk as well, which Phil has, uh, I think, played. Have you played it? Uh, yeah, I've played 60 turns of it. So That's cool. that'll be a nice conversation that Andy can just check his phone <laughs> through. It's like a regular, isn't it? The yeah. um, strategy game regular feature. Um, yeah. if for regular listeners of the podcast, Andy won't be eating any M&Ms this week. Um, but we did have a winner for Battle. <laughs> we did have a winner. Week. I really should. Did someone get oh. it to the exact second? Yeah. Two people did. Like two or three people got it. Some people were so very far <laughs> off. Like I don't know what if there was anything wrong with the sound. See, we, I we love the idea week, of but... the idea of someone sitting intently listening for the sound of a peanut M and M being eaten is very funny to me. And then getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah, probably, that's, yeah. that's even better. But like, um, no, we had, didn't you say we had over ten entries, Phil? Which is a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say over a hundred entries. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but even so, literally over, ten ones hey, of entries to, to play a character shooter that no one is playing. You know, no one's playing relative to uh, Overwatch. You know? Yeah, ten people literally emailed us to tell us when you ate a thing. So I mean, that's <laughs> that's pretty good. I feel just like think about that. <laughs> Okay, uh, so the winner, I might as well announce it now, is Chris Jackson, who correctly identified that Andy ate a peanut M&M at 52 minutes and 5 seconds. Okay, <laughs> so you've won a sealed, fresh, box-fresh copy of Battle Bond. We might he just... has, but I'm probably just open it and give him a code. Yeah, yeah. we'll probably do that, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, instead of sending an... This is out, yeah. the future we live in, remember. Someone posted the contents of... It was either Battle Bond or Overwatch, and the disc was just a, a web installer. It was like 2 megabytes. Like, <laughs> What's the point of even pressing a disc? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's really weird that like you just rip it open, take out the disc, and throw away yeah. like you know plastic materials <laughs> yeah. that can be chucked into a landfill somewhere. Oh, yeah, that will outlive us all. Indeed. <laughs> so on that happy note, we're going to talk about uh, Blizzard's Overwatch, um, which I've not played a lot of actually, and uh, since release, in fact, I've played nothing of it since release. But I um, played the beta a bit early this year. Its Phil... existence seems to annoy you a little bit. No, it doesn't. It's just that the people banging on about it are annoying me. <laughs> just yeah, the memes are annoying. Like uh, yeah, I don't know the sound of music. Uh, Post about oh, but Reaper's in it. Oh, because he spins round. That's funny. I've not seen oh. that meme actually. That's oh, I, I don't know. Like yeah, um, I'm going to retweet that all over my feed. It's like just <laughs> for you. <laughs> that it's just it's the same as Dark Souls. It's just it takes over the sort of conversation for about uh, you know two yeah. weeks, and everyone moves on and plays something else. I think it'll have a bit of a a longer tail than Dark Souls because because once you've played well, Dark, finished Dark Souls, that's sort of the end of the story. Whereas Overwatch is just a, a, an exist. I think you say just, that, but people are still banging on about Dark Souls One even now. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, I, I had a story the other day about someone who uh, got a tattoo of Dark Souls before they'd even finished the first one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's brave. That's <laughs> a testament to yeah. the uh, the 
you know, the art and but, stuff. Yeah, I suppose yeah. so, yeah. just seems a bit premature. That you want to, yeah, in case you <laughs> get to the end and go, actually, in hindsight. <laughs> the epilogue was disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, no, I, I'm not over annoyed by Overwatch. I, um, I, I simply don't think I'm going to have the time to ever properly get into it. And uh, Phil, you've been playing it non-stop for the last week. Yeah. And it feels like trying to rethink your strategies on the fly and understand how all those characters work and how they fit together and how you counter and such um, is quite a task and you really uh, had a lot of energy for it yes to an extent like the first probably four or five hours are just going to be dedicated to figuring out what's going on uh and it's like i'm assuming people have seen it it's a class-based multiplayer first person shooter it looks very bright and colorful and a consequence of that is there are a lot of flashy light effects and lasers going and explosions happening and most of them will kill you in ways that you won't understand uh at least very early on mm. But compared to something like um, Dota, and that kind of MOBA design is very much where a lot of the characters are coming from in Overwatch. It's it's not a MOBA, it is a pure shooter, but the character design, um, the way each character has abilities that are on cooldowns, that sort of thing, that's, yeah. that's very MOBA-influenced. And something like Dota is going to, you know, people say, oh, 100 hours in, I now know what I'm not good at. And I'm still learning, you know, I've still got thousands of hours of learning ahead of me. Well, I remember when all of PC Gamer except Chris played those for 10 hours and then never again. Yeah, yeah basically. Good, good times, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah we, we played a little bit of Dota for a few hours for training against RPS. It was a miserable experience. And <laughs> it was a miserable experience. Dota, I, when, when it was Dota time, I was genuinely, like, sad. <laughs> yeah, same here. I reflect on that as a dark period of my life. <laughs> he tried, though, you know, Chris tried his best. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no. We were not the audience for that game, apparently. But I, I don't like, I say I hate MOBAs, and I'm not big on competitive games, but I'm absolutely gone nuts for Overwatch. Well, yeah, uh, so <clears throat> whereas Dota has like 50, 60, however many heroes, and they've all got really complex interpersonal relationships and the things that you can do with them, Overwatch has about 20, and because it's a shooter and rounds are very fast, you, you sort of get a feel for what they can do very quickly. I mean, things like learning how to counter specific setups, that takes longer, but that's that's kind of a fun part of the game because you're sort of engaged and you're learning and you're trying new things and strategies. just makes me tired thinking about that. I just want, I just want, <laughs> no. to, I just want to lie sideways and like, shoot some things. <laughs> I feel like after, like, 20 hours or so I've played it, I feel like I don't... Initially, I had that feeling of been overwhelmed by it but now i feel like i yeah. i know how to count on most things and I, i'm comfortable with like three characters to the point where i could do well with them and it, it didn't take that long to get over that hump and start enjoying it but even stuff like audio cues mm. i mean when you hear hanzo's ultimate trigger and you can you know that when you hear that you just know that a big dragon's coming yeah you know get out the way right. of a big dragon <laughs> yeah and you just sort of learn the the audio cues you know if you hear justice rains from above you know far is about to get into you a should building, look yeah. up and because far is going to be motionless above you somewhere and you get an easy target so it's kind of the bits that are annoying i just love that that feeling of if you're getting uh destroyed by torbjorn's turrets constantly mm. just go in his tracer zip behind him and, and kill him and all of that i that reactivity of it just yeah. and then go back to what you were doing it's like a i like it's really fun just reacting to different situations like that yeah I mean, it's, it's worth pointing out like at the start of each round you do lock you do select your character but that, you're not locking it in like you would in the moba you, you know you can much like tf2 or battlefield you can switch your class at any moment and yet it seems like the community struggles to deal with that a lot of the time 
Yeah. Like, I think it's because everybody sort of sat in the opening moments of the match picking their characters. It seems to reinforce the idea this is your character for the round. So where if it, it doesn't have to be. Like, yeah, if someone's at the point that's been defended or you're attacking and they're just totally slaying as Bastion in turret mode, no one, like, it's up to you too many times to, yeah. like, counter it, whereas the whole team is just, like, gets running into his fire. And I think people, maybe because it's, it's just come out, really, it's early days, so people are don't know that stuff yet but mm. I've made a point of trying to learn how to deal with those if you get killed by the same thing a few times you need to switch and yeah. think about how to yeah, counter it hmm. okay cool uh, so um, <laughs> the uh, the lack of ranked play Phil um, yeah. when you were reviewing it how, how big a kind of obstacle do you think that was um, to getting into it it's, it's I'd say what it, it probably didn't affect the first few um, days that much just because I think uh, certainly in the beta rank play was locked off till like level 25 or something you had to put in the work first before Isn't you could Isn't that dumb? Get, um, Shouldn't rank play just be the thing that sorts out like new players from experienced players? Yeah to an extent like there is a matchmaking system in place still it is oh, right, okay, it yeah. does try to yeah, match you against characters within like 5-10 ranks a year Yeah but yeah. although the problem is ranks don't really mean anything that's literally just a time played Yeah how, how yeah. much you've played you're going to get experience every match It's the same with college if you see a kid a kid who's like 10th prestige it's not means it doesn't mean he's amazing it just means he's got a lot of free time in his hands oh. so He probably like, is amazing though Yeah but probably is but by virtue of that time spent but it yeah. isn't like a, a direct so, indicator of quality yeah. Um, so the, should, so like, the matchmaking, should that have been configured so it's more skill-based as opposed to time-based? It feels like it needs that to an extent, a bit a bit more than there's there. Like, um, you know, I've won a fair few games. I'm doing all right. I've got a decent... It's not felt unbalanced. Uh, I've never felt like someone's been notably way better than mm. everyone else. I've I felt like I've been placed with some proper weapons, like yeah. some, real, some real idiots. Oh, Just yeah. Some, and you, like... People who clearly don't yet understand the general flow of the game or, you know, what you need to do to progress. And that can be quite annoying. Like when you start a match and three people pick Hanzo and refuse to alter from that. Yeah. Like those people should just be separated into their own pool and that pool is titled Morons I've, and yeah. they have to play together forever. <laughs> I've not had that actually. Uh, I think that I've been lucky with people who have been pretty eager just to switch characters. Well, need be so. I it's, guess it's just the luck of the draw, isn't it? It's playing a support class is fun. Have they? Uh, how have you guys found that? I placed Torby on quite a lot, and I know he's he's hated. He's, he's not a support class, isn't he? He's well, a he's defense def class. He's, well, he's you know he's kind of oh yeah yeah well defense support. It's in the same basket, isn't it? No, they're literally two separate categories. Yeah, but they're <laughs> as separate from tanks and uh, yeah, you know, attacky people. It's more of a strategic type thing, you know. Like Which one's Torby again? Torbion's the... Uh, He's the engineer, the basically. Dwarf that can the, basically he makes turrets. turrets. Yeah. All right, yeah. The and fun thing is, so at the end of each Overwatch uh, match, you get this thing called play of the game, where it's just a little highlight of the best thing that happened, and if Torbion gets it, it's just him hammering away at his turret. Or just like, just turret standing killed, Yeah, or, or dead while his turret kills there was four a really people. Funny, it's great. Um, play something of everyone the, hates. Well, people, people don't like Torbion, but I think if you're getting killed by Torbion, like, you're just not thinking yeah, I, and countering it. You're just running into the, the turret. He's, not. he's less of a problem than Bastion, who is like a player-controlled robot that can yeah. transform into a static turret. Right, that and is that's the one hates. everyone hates. Yeah, yeah, Bastion, yeah. yeah um, Torbion's like a sort of light-touch version of that, where his turret's a lot easier to... I think it's a lot easier for new players to deal with. Bastion yeah. is also quite easy to counter, but you do need that kind of five, six hours of experience just figuring out what to do about him. There was a play of the match of Torbion, which was really funny, where the, the player, 
and was waiting by the turret, you know, repairing it. And Widowmaker was stood next to him, and uh, she was sniping. And so the person that was controlling Torbjorn was cra was going up to Widowmaker and, like, looking at her ass. And, of course, he didn't know he was going to end up play of the game because while he was looking at her ass, his turret was killing loads of people. So at play, <laughs> play of the game, everyone saw him just sort of, like... <laughs> You We're know, just staring at a virtual nudging, bump. nudging the camera. You can tell he's nudging his, the character forward to get it as big as possible in the, in the, in the view. What, just to look at a, a, a virtual yeah. bump? Little did he know that his turret was doing really <laughs> well during that incident, making it play of the game, and that's everyone's. <laughs> and there was another Torbjorn play of the play of the game where he um he died and he was uh, teetering on the edge of a of a cliff. And just as his turret was killing those people, it was like play of the game, and he just sort of rolled off the side <laughs> and fell down the chasm as the turret killed like, like four people. <laughs> it's kind of a kick in the teeth for anyone who was trying during that. Yeah, match. I've had a, I've had uh, two in my whole time playing. I've had two plays of the game, and it's just been me as Torbjorn just standing <laughs> or repairing or just hiding <laughs> as um, my turret does not all the work. Not staring at a bum, then, Andy. Yeah, come no. back to you question about supports i actually really like a few of the support characters um so mercy is one of them who is probably the, like almost directly comparable to team fortress 2's medic like you have a gun that shoots health laser juice at people or um, it can shoot crit boosting juice yeah or it can uh, boost attack power which yeah. is quite which is quite a nice little dual thing because you know obviously you want to you want to, they've got to make it worth your while for playing that kind of character. Yeah, I think they do a good job of like making the supports quite um, quite interesting to play. So my favourite thing about Mercy is she's got this um, glide move or this flying move, but it only works if you can see another character. Like you look, if you can look at uh, another character and have direct line of sight to them, you can just press left shift. And you just fly over to them really so quickly. So even if like Farah uses her jump jets to go really yeah, high, yeah, yeah. she can shift zoom right up that mm -hmm. high with that. Uh, yeah, and then float down, and then float down, yeah. and um, it's a really, it's a really nice way to boost the maneuverability of that character, but only in situations that are specific to a support's role. Like you, you don't have the ability to fly normally. You only have it if your teammates are around you, and that can lead to frustrations at times when teammates sort of hide themselves away from like open areas or areas yeah. where you can get to them. But <clears throat> sometimes you just need to get on mic and school yeah. those fools. <laughs> Her um, ultimate as well. Mm. I found like. A, a really well timed revive. She can revive. Yeah, she a dead revives player. all dead yeah. players within an AOE around her. Yeah, which is pretty. If you're in one of those sort of point defense modes, and there's tons of players that have just died around the same time, you can really turn it around by just. Yeah, um, I've had reviving them all. I've actually had two plays of the game as Mercy, and it's rare you see one for a support. Like, yeah. It's purely just for good revives at sort of clutch moments. Mm. So it's nice to see that sort of thing rewarded. What I quite like is after the play of the game, which a lot of the times is just a character like Torben or Junkrat or somebody who's, somebody who's got a press cue to win play of the game yeah. move ultimate. Um, I hate Reaper's. His, oh, he's uh, never bothered me. His shout for his ultimate, where he goes, "Die, die, die!" That's annoying. He's like he's, he's such but. an emo. Like, he's like a mascot <laughs> for a rubbish new metal band. He just like, he's so lame. He's just like he's quite fun to control, though. I like his his teleport ability when you use mm, it to like yeah. Yeah, land, cool. on, land on specific faraway surfaces like that, and then you know switching position uh, yeah, to get his, advantage. That's kind of cool. Dual shotguns are really meaty as well. Like some of yeah. the games feel a bit kind of weak and weedy. Uh, Tracers. Submachine guns. I really love Tracer. She's like a teleporty, very annoying yeah. character with a grating Cockney accent. That <laughs> who's, is... that, who's that Belender goes? It's High Noon. Uh, That's McCree. McCree. Yeah, definitely had enough of that. Yeah, guy it is yeah. always High Moon. I once had a game where five five of my teammates, which is all my teammates, <laughs> picked McCree. Oh, that's when you played Genji was, in there. 
It was high noon. Yeah, I've seen a few um, plays of uh, loads of McCrees and Genji coming in and just re- reflect, yeah. deflecting all of the uh, ultimates and killing them all. That was pretty satisfying. Wow. See, even oh. even if the team has five McCrees, there's a there's yeah, a there, there's, well, there, there's a lot of counters to a team with five McCrees. Yeah, just because a far that's a very very bad composition. <laughs> yeah. You don't need much to counter that. Did you win that game, Phil? We did not win that game. <laughs> so we did not win that, that game. I've spectacularly. seen all teams of. Um, quite amusing videos of just a whole team of Reinhardts all with their shields up just pushing forward like a big Have you seen the one them. where it's a, a circle of Reinhardts with their shields up on a capture point just obviously thinking we're untouchable oh, mate and, Lu- Lucio. and then Lucio yeah. who is at the other support just comes in he's got a sonic blast thing that just uh, force pushes everyone away and just, just sends them all, all over an edge <laughs> yeah. it's, it's nice is, Win- is Winston still a super bell end I feel like he was in the um, beta when he killed like six of us and then just ran away not just, like, even, though, even though when you controlled him it seemed impossible I've, I've not seen much Winston action yeah, really I haven't actually, yeah I've not, um, I've not played as him myself he's, yeah he's one of the characters I've got the lowest playtime with and I haven't seen many, like a few people all bring him out for for some monkey business, but yeah. generally speaking, apparently it's because he's got so much health, he's good for sort of a push into a mm. sort of uh, yeah, I can believe that because he's yeah. also got his jump move, which yeah. can get you quite quickly to to other places. But that's just not really started into the uh, the meta that's forming, I guess. Mm. Mm, interesting. That might change over time. How do how do you guys want it to sort of develop over time? Like, do you think it's just about kind of tweaking it, dropping in new maps I or new modes, or what do you no, think should come next? Going back to your earlier question, I do think rank mode is essential for the specific reason of It'll, it will sort of take the people who are legendary at the game and give them their own little playground so people have a chance to learn in quick play mode and sort of figure things out without... I think we're getting to the point where people are going to start getting destroyed if, like, as the skill disparity is does yeah. increase. Um, it's a weird thing to launch without. It is a weird thing to launch without because I think a lot of the problems some people have right now is a sense that nothing really matters in the game. Mm. Um, Whether you win or lose, you just sort of get a bit of XP and you move on to the next thing and there there are no consequences. And I mean, to an extent, that's the same for games like Team Fortress, you know, um, games that that kind of move away from the idea of stat tracking and rank systems in, in that direction. But Team Fortress 2 had servers which were sort of very specific communities that did that did foster a sense that your wins and losses mattered. Um, because, Have, just you know, having fun playing a game, that's that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but like I'm not saying I, I agree fully. Like I, I do just enjoy playing it, but it's it's a notable problem for some people. And yeah. you know, ranked mode is the obvious solution to that because Overwatch wouldn't work with the server. It's it's 12 people per match. It's 6v6. There's it, there's not enough spaces to really get that community sense going. I wonder if you'll still be into it in a month, Andy. Or if it's, uh, <laughs> Is this going to yeah. be another it's Division? Another Andy Kelly phase. Yeah, you know? yeah well, I, I love the Division. I, I look back at, at loving the Division and think, why did I like that? It wasn't that good. But anyway, <laughs> no, I, I, I can foresee. I think there's a lot of people playing it at the moment, which obviously helps whenever you go on. There's people on Battle.net you know, playing and you can jump into their games and... And stuff, but if they if they keep it, I'd like to see some more modes and mm. some more, um, and just if they, you know, I like the idea of them just occasionally adding another hero and sort of that yeah. mixing up the, yeah, the, like the flow of it. There's know? twelve maps at the moment; they're going to get a little bit stale after a while. Yeah, um, and I think some of the modes are stronger. Actually, I quite like to see them go back and do another pass at some of the payload maps. I think they're quite quite notably the weakest yeah in i don't enjoy of, that nearly as much as and I, i'm not i'm not i'm not yet sure whether it's the mode that's the problem or whether i think those were actually the maps that were developed first so yeah, i think payload the thing where you've got to move like the yeah, car yeah, along. yeah the oh, escort yeah. mode oh, i hate that yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, and, it wasn't a fan. uh like 
Partially, I do think it's a game that works better when you've got this sort of static position to defend, which you have in control point, or this this, this single position to have a team fight over. Yeah. Um, yeah, the momentum of payload does seem to hurt it a bit. Um, but also, yeah, like the actual map design, there seems to be a lot of kind of long corridors and open areas where there aren't as many flanking routes as you get in the control point maps. And I wonder if that is just because but if they were like the first ones to be developed, maybe they just didn't like have a, a good idea of what you needed to put into those maps at yeah, that point. Well, you said they're sort of stray maps that stray away from the kind of like three lane principle. Yeah, well, a bit. I mean, in the best control point maps, in the best modes, you know, you've got routes for Tracer and um, like Genji and these kind of weak but very powerful characters to sort of flank around and make the most of their mobility and you've got like the obvious straight path where your big stompy shielded guys like Reinhardt are just going to push through to distract everybody and mm. you need that kind of interplay because you've got very different characters with very different abilities um, and yeah it feels like there's less of that in some areas of the escort maps um, like a couple in particular I can remember just being a huge problem for the team to to actually get around hmm. and I think that is an issue with the map design there so it'd be nice if they could go back and sort of have another pass at some of that um, and this is something you see like with shooters all the time Team Fortress 2 had and Counter-Strike both have had loads of tweaks to them just to sort of tighten up this choke point and make things a little easier for one side or another just you know standard balancing which is the sort of thing you can only really do once the game is out with the public and you've got the data that says okay well it, this clearly you know um favors the defenders or whatever wow okay cool well it certainly seems like it's been a big success like um probably mm. a bigger success than they even anticipated really i think like releasing on consoles and pc at the same time was quite wise um yeah yeah all right seems unfortunate for um Battleborn, which I haven't played for the record, but the Not timing right. of the release. <laughs> yeah, seems a month, a, bit, yeah. a month or two earlier, they might have been all right, but they just left it too long. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and obviously Overwatch you know, it was, turned out to be a better game. As you well. know, um, Battleborn was actually uh, someone I know on Twitter who paid full price for it. They were complaining that um, the other day it was forty percent off on Steam. Wow, like, that's, yeah, and it just come out. They were obviously going, "Here's the cheap alternative to Overwatch," but imagine you'd paid full price. You'd uh. feel pretty stung for that. Yeah, still, kind of, yeah. if you want on a podcast because you heard a man eating a peanut <laughs> M&M, then you're probably quite happy. Yeah, it's uh, free, you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, plus, plus they are different types of game. That's the thing. They are, you know, there's, it's far more of a kind of like MOBA-inspired, like, I don't know, it's it's completely different. Yeah, there's the a case. campaign yeah, as well. The, yeah, yeah, there's it? like co-op campaign, single-player-y stuff. Yeah. It's just the aesthetic. That. The aesthetic um, just has the kind of cross. Yeah, the, access, the aesthetic, the sort of character-based nature of it. Um, Everyone's doing that now. You, yeah. you grab bag of random characters. But um, yeah, cool. All right. Glad to hear that you're enjoying it. And uh, so cool. Uh, Hitman then. Uh, we're on to episode three now of seven uh, in the uh, season party <coughs> weird episodic release thing they're doing at IO Interactive. Um, a few things have happened with Hitman recently. Yep. Um, they've just dropped Marrakesh, but also uh, the elusive target, the second one, was this weekend. Um, so I guess let's start with the elusive target and see how you guys did with Sapienza with the American man, whose name I can't remember. The congressman. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Yeah. I was I was out of town. I was away from my PC, and so I didn't get a chance to do it. Good I, anecdote. It's funny, because yeah. I, I, was, I was thinking, Andy, that once they've, probably, once they've released the uh, full version of the game, I bet they'll, like give you another chance to do yeah. those because otherwise it's content that it's cool to do as a one-off but you're kind of throwing away like what you could do as like submissions you yeah they've designed that again. whole like character model and stuff and i'll never see it 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's strange, doesn't it? But I think they'll come back in some form where you can't necessarily they rank probably, for it. Or yeah, something. you can't rank for it, or you can't yeah. earn the reward because currently, if you, you know, you get. You get special suits if you do enough loose targets. Yes, what if you slightly can... different to your existing ones. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What if you can buy um, for uh, for one ninety nine the ability to try it again? Do you think that'd be cheek- too cheeky? I think people would go mad over that, but then yeah. Scarenix would still make a fortune, I, I, most I, notably from me. Would I, yeah, I was going to say I might, I might. I wonder if I would two quid like just to go to give it another shot. But then when do you draw the line? Yeah, you know, yeah. Five attempts, like, you know, yeah, exactly. at that point you could buy a new I'd game. I'd feel bad doing it, but I'd probably do it when I got home from the pub. <laughs> I, think, I, th- I think it is a brilliant, um, compelling notion. Um, Phil, how, you've, uh, you actually did, so I did it, it, didn't you? Yeah, you, you didn't, did you, Sam? Should I tell that story first? Yeah, let's... Yeah, so I, um, I, I, had, I went away for the weekend too, so I tried to squeeze it in in 20 minutes at the end of lunchtime on Friday, which was, an, you know, I was never going to do it, really. But I found him. I found him in the mansion mm-hmm. on, like, the um, the first... Uh, I think it's on the, he's on the ground floor. Yeah. And he's got two security guards with him. And I, th- and I basically... He was leaning over the balcony, and then there's two security guards behind him. So, at that point, you had, I don't know. I don't really know how you do it. I guess you just got to wait and see where he goes. But, um, no, I just tried to garrot one of his security guards... And the other one, even though I swear he was out of the line of sight on the little ledge, saw it and then just started shooting me. You might have heard it. I've noticed the really twitchy of hearing any kind of... They can be, yeah. Um, it's yeah Because it's hard to judge that sort of thing, isn't it? Like, line yeah. of sight is a lot lot easier to... But they shouldn't be able to hear a, uh, the if it's wire, a garrotting. Yeah. If it's if it's official garrotting and not a neck yeah. snapping, they shouldn't I be able to hear it. Was, maybe it was a neck snapping and that was my error. But, like, um, he looks like he's slightly out of sight. Then I was going to hook around and, like, mm. do the other one. And then while he's... Because he leans there for quite a while. I'm sure that would be enough time to just push him off the edge. But um, no, I, I, I failed and then I just ate a sandwich and I was fine. But I, I, didn't, I didn't retry it like last time because I, I just didn't have the time. But next, time, yeah. next time I'll do more planning. Like I've still not played enough Sapienza to have the extra, uh, you know, spawn yeah. points and weapons. And it seems like that stuff's increasingly essential yeah. to actually doing the Elisa target. So how yeah, I mean, it helps. So um, unlike uh, Paris, I didn't use any of the alternate start points when I did it. Um, no need really, is there? Yeah, it, because... The great thing about Sapienza is you are sort of moments away from a guaranteed mansion staff or a guaranteed kitchen staff thing mm-hmm. because even though the main target is no longer the target, they still have that conversation just shouted out to a balcony about, when are you going to work, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that was fine. So I got that. Um, went into my safe house, picked up some poison stuff, picked up the explosive golf ball that's always there for some reason. Just yes, he had done that. Filled yeah. filled my pockets. Uh, got into the mansion. Got a mansion staff uniform, uh, and then spent about ten minutes trying to find the guy. Yeah, me too. I was going on every floor. I, I I actually finally found him in the basement coming up to the mansion. So I think he does some. He must actually arrive in his car or something, maybe. Or maybe he comes via the lab entrance or something. It's possible. I wonder if he tours the town a bit first and finally arrives at the mansion and sort of wanders in there but eventually he did um so it's him and his two security guards and he's also with he was being shown around by one of the mansion staff guys and it was someone who would recognize me as an imposter right um so i had to be a bit careful about that uh, eventually he leads them into this side room and uh the congressman and his two security go out onto the balcony or out to the side to do whatever so i'm looking into this room and it's just the mansion staff there and i think okay well if i can take him out um, and hide his body, then I can pose as the mansion guy, and maybe there's an opportunity to 
you know, poison him or something, that'll, that'll be job done. So, um, choke him out. I'm trying to get the body over to the um, little basket where you can dump it. And that's when the congressman turns around and starts to come in as I'm holding this guy and dragging him. I think, okay, this is going to be a problem. Dump him behind a sofa in, in the hope that that'll just block line of sight and he won't quite see me. Hmm. Which worked for a while, but then the security guys came around the other side of the sofa and saw the body, and then I panicked <clears> and <throat> just threw the exploding golf ball at the congressman and legged it. <laughs> Amazing. And then you um, got out okay. And then I got out fine. Uh, it was a little touch and go for a bit in a, a minute, but uh, got out, got three out of five stars, which seems like a higher rating than I deserve. Based on throwing an explosive, <laughs> exploding three people. Oh well, this has gone wrong. <laughs> um, I, I got to say, I, I, I got. I think that putting him in the mansion was a bit of a boring, yeah, a it, boring thing. He should have had him using the rest of Sapienza, because there's the church um, or the beach or something. So there's the, there's the, like opposite the mansion. There's this um, tower, and there's like law offices in there, and there's the hippie at the top where you can get some weeds to. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, they're all there. And that, that, I'm imagine because most of that you're classed as trespassing if you just go in there as well. So it seems like that'd be an interesting place because there's offices and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, so they picked the same mansion where yeah, you've already killed just, like two people. It's like, the point that we've been in over and over again. Um, yeah, which is you know, what I least liked about the last one is that they weren't in the most obvious position. They were, well, I guess they were in terms of what the rooms in that mansion, but it just felt a little bit different. But. Um, um, Oh, so I read over the weekend, I think it was an interview the uh, one of the <coughs> lead guys gave with GameSpot, I think. Um, and he was basically saying, okay, I mean, we're, we're doing light touch, fairly easy stuff for the first couple just to get people into the idea of it. Right. And then we're going to start actually diverging quite a bit and making things harder and more interesting. That'd be nice. Um, so, yeah, I think I think these first two are more proof of concept, perhaps. Um, and hopefully we will see it get a bit a bit more interesting yeah, uh, like, as time you, goes on. Yeah, proof of concept might be right. Like They might have just used that to pitch the idea to yeah. Square Enix or just as a test test run. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing, like, um, I don't know, so other sort of variables within the environment. Like yeah. um, maybe one in the Paris map could be someone who arrives on the helicopter uh, patch, but, like, in an Apache helicopter or something. Like, and you know, and maybe you could do it so the same scripted events don't play out at that mm. level. Um, or you get there so he and, and the target's already somewhere else. And the fashion show's already <laughs> happened, or something like changing the time frame yeah. a little bit. Um, I think that that sort of stuff. Will yeah, make that it sort fresh. of be interesting. Like with this one, like uh, the, they mentioned, oh, we've beefed up, or they've beefed up security for the for this guy's arrival. But he didn't really notice it because it's if just you're two in, guys, you know. yeah, well, I, there may there may have been more mansion guards as well. But as long as you're in the right disguise, that that doesn't become that becomes like a trivial thing. It's yeah. Like, okay. Well, there can be more guards. It doesn't matter if they don't recognize who I am. That's. Yeah, yeah. Mm, interesting. I don't know. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm already over having failed that one anyway, and uh, I look forward to seeing what they do next. Mm. It's going to be every couple of weeks by the, the sounds of it. But it seems so, yeah. Um, so Marrakesh, Andy, you played that at a recent event in London. Uh, you weren't blown away by it compared to Sapienza, is that right? Um, n not when I played it at the event, but I wonder if that was just because I had a time limit and I was in a you know busy room full of journalists. Yeah. Now that I've sat down and played it in the office this lunch break gone by um, and finished it. I think I like it a little bit more than Sapienza. Hmm. Hmm. Um, uh, they're both very similar, like in terms of a big space full of um, people. Uh, it's not that big, Marrakesh. Uh, Sapienza feels bigger. 
I don't know whether it is bigger or it just feels bigger, but there's a lot of, it's kind of a big central market square. Cool. With a lot of offshoot streets kind of thing. Um, and some, yeah, there's a lot of like winding streets and uh, indoor bazaars and stuff like that. It's just, it's really, really cool level. Is there anything is it's kind of like, uh, the only thing that lets Sapienza down is that last bit in the lab, isn't it? Like that's Yeah, no, there's none of that stuff. It's just two targets. Uh, one is some sort of general who is in a military control, uh, military occupied school. One is uh, some other guy who I didn't watch the briefing thoroughly <laughs> enough. That's who's fair enough. in the Swedish Swedish consulate? Uh, it's really cool. It's the the Swedish co- uh, consulate building because uh, there's a protest going on outside it. Um, so there's tons of people, you know, with with flares uh, firing and people with megaphones and masks over their face and. Um, so you, if, if you're disguised as a soldier, you can wander around that area freely. And as, as you walk into the Swedish consulate, it totally changes an atmosphere where it's like it's all decked out in Ikea style. <laughs> it's all minimalist and there's like really gentle uh, classical music playing. So you're in this like you go from this like, you know, dusty riot to this really quiet, serene uh, building. It's all like it looks very, very like IO interactive. What Sounds you imagine right. your office looks like, you know, very clean lines and super modern. So yeah. I like that contrast. It's really cool. And you see all the sort of um, all the employees of the consulate like taking photos of the riot for the safety of the window. Sort of thing. <laughs> um, so that's that's really cool. A bit of world building. I really enjoyed being in there and uh, the the targets in there. And you know, at one point he needs a massage, so you can probably fill in the blanks there. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, weirdly though, he, he lies down fully clothed for his massage. I thought that was a bit weird. It's like take your take your suit jacket off, mate. <laughs> um, so this yeah. will be very formal. <laughs> yeah, can be that relaxing. Um, so the the consulate is really detailed building, and then the uh, occupied school isn't quite as interesting because they've kind of split it into the the consulate is like for doing social. What, what some developer might call social stealth, which is a lot more um, blending in and disguises and stuff like that. Whereas the military control base is more, um, you can do it more traditional stealth, unless you have okay. like a commander's outfit which lets you walk anywhere, mm. with, where, where only other commanders can tell who you are. I kind of liked it when you dress as a commander, all the grunts will salute you as you walk past that was a nice detail I thought oh cool yeah no, cool. Well, you say occupied school and that sounds like a kind of like quite an interesting sort of environment it, it's like a, it's like a kind of abandoned bombed, bombed out school mm. um, it, it's an interesting layout there's a lot of um, blown away parts that you can sneak through or climb up climb under and stuff it sounds, uh, yeah. sounds pretty big like that sounds like a, yeah. you've got a market square and like an office and that, that sounds yeah. pretty, ch- pretty sensible yeah I wonder if Sapienza just feels bigger because there's more variety you've got the whole churchyard the beach area the waterfront and the the residential area and the stuff like that the mansion there's yeah. no mansion in this level maybe it's oh, because finally yeah just Ma- enough for the mansions already maybe it's because they centralise all the things that happen in Sapienza in that mansion so all that other stuff feels generous it just, because it's, it's just yeah, yeah. it might be it, it, it'd be interesting to see if people think it's bigger or smaller um, they haven't said specifically but yeah there's some really nice um, there's a, a sort of underground market area where they're selling like lamps and lights and stuff so it's like oh it goes from the sunny outside to this like dark passage it's full of all these amazing lights and stuff. It's really nice visually. Yeah, it's cool. I look forward to that. Mm. Phil, Phil, you've not played it yet, have you? No. Um, we'll, no. Both, yeah. we'll both give it a crack then. Yeah, one, once I'll, I'll tell one sick, particularly sick thing I did. <laughs> where, um, you see a guy uh, outside a shop talking about how his dad's got this key to somewhere. So I went, I went up to the top of the shop and his dad was sitting on the rooftop. A sort of old gent, like the man from Del Monte. He was had a hook, he was smoking a hookah 
And so I, you know, I knocked him out uh, to get the key and I disguised myself as him. Right. And so I walked back down for the shop <laughs> past the sun. <laughs> It became suspicious, and he's like, "I, I would have loved it if you were dad." <laughs> it would have been like, amazing, yeah. He just walked past, like with, you know, steely, steely faced Agent Forty Seven wearing his dad's <laughs> suit, <laughs> having just bundled him into a, a bin. <laughs> that was pretty funny. That's really good. Oh man, I look forward to that. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Hitman then continue to continue to be exciting. So, I take it it is sort of just more of the same at this point, though. Yeah, it's very much. Yeah, they've settled into a hmm. you know a routine, and that's that's fine. Um, my my still my complaints from the other podcast is, still remains where it feels a bit mechanical and clockwork oh, the way yeah, the world works. But that's will. just that's just the design of the uh, game. There's no very much Hitman. Yeah. I do wonder if like as they go on, it does seem like they've made essentially Blood Money two, and to an extent that's great. But yeah. it, it, it now sort of I think because of the episodic release schedule, I'm now in a position where I'm wondering, well, what could you do to actually push this forward a bit and make it something yeah. new it's not as it's not as funny as blood money there's not been anything to match the dressing as a clown or blowing up a, a, a jacuzzi with a glass bottom and yeah you know, it's weird like dressing do, like santa they there's do a, have yeah. these weird costumes in each episode like yeah. this vampire ma- magician became a big thing for paris the and harlequin yeah you've got the plague doctor yeah. and that annoying mine in yeah. sapienza but you have to um, go out of your way to do that stuff and like uh, i don't know it's it's not necessarily as appealing. Well, yeah, but and also they're both completely pointless because they don't not, they don't convey like any bonuses those yeah. those costumes. Whereas should... the clown was useful. Like yeah. that was that was a funny thing you could do. Yeah. Uh, I heard someone talking. I heard someone on a podcast talking about the uh, mission in Blood Money where it's uh, someone's in witness protection and you've got to track them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like how um, this new one doesn't quite have that same sort of texture in terms. Yeah, of... Yeah, they like... feel more like here's a big space. Mm. Sort of go in it. There's no gimmick to the levels if you know what I mean there's no like a lot of Blood Money's levels centered around a gimmick like the suburban house one was like there's a party going on in a house surrounded by agents that's the gimmick like this doesn't it's more of a bigger it's more of a broader yeah in in that way it's sort of going back to a lot of the older hitmen whereas Blood Money I think by focusing it on um just being in America, they they were able to dial in a bit more and uh, present like specific flavors like within the wedding America. on the sort of paddle, yeah, so you've got, paddle boat. And, you've got yeah the, yeah the the Mississippi thing. You've got um, New Orleans. You've got you've got yeah this this suburban suburban environment, but they twist it with the witness yeah. protection angle. You, you've got the White House, yeah. which is a thing. Forgot about that. I've yeah. not played this game for years. Well, I guess ten years now. One one thing that's good about Marrakesh is that there's way fewer opportunities. Um, I think I've only I walked around the whole map and only like two came up. I presume there's more hiding, mm. but there was a moment where I saw I figured something out that would have been marked as an opportunity, um, but I just done it myself and it was a lot, I don't want to say what, but it involved getting into a VIP area and just by observing people and listening to people, I figured a way in, and I really that was really satisfying. Whereas if it was an opportunity, it wouldn't have felt nearly as satisfying. So maybe the dialing want, them back. I do want yeah if the, if the feedback has sort of caused them to go okay well yeah we need we need these things that are just yeah. there for people who are really paying attention and it was so. kind of it, it involved the character talking really loudly about something <laughs> like hey you know slightly louder than everyone else but yeah. still it, instead of flagging it uh, I paid well, attention I mean, that's what you like, it's the same thing isn't it essentially but it feels less natural if it's a UI prompt whereas mm. you do still get that kind of thrill of discovery if it is even an incredibly unsubtle flagged yeah. up there's even world like, event that happens. There's some nice little environmental stuff. Like there's a guy on a phone, and if you need to get him outside, and he can just turn a TV on, and 
and turn up the TV. And he goes, hello? Oh, some idiot's turned the TV on. I'll just go outside. And I like those little moments felt more handcrafted. Mm. And yeah, I like that kind of thing. And it again, wasn't flagged. It was just I just figured it out. So that was good. Hmm. All right. I'll, I'll be interested when we get to the end of these episodes to, to think whether it's kind of like worth £40 for that journey. Like um, so far, it seems like they're just about worth it in terms of uh, value provided. How do you guys feel about about it? Seven pounds an episode. Like, do you think Marrakesh is worth seven pound, Andy? It's hard to say, and it may, maybe for some reason that the the, um, the Marrakesh level didn't unlock on a press copy, so I just <laughs> so I just bought it. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And I don't feel I feel like if seven, you know, it's like seven quid for you know, I'll get a good amount of entertainment out of it, but maybe like a fiver would feel more. Yeah, that's what you mean. Like. like uh, I know. I, I, I don't know. Psychologically, feel better. Just, I, I yeah. know what you mean. It's quite. It's quite steep, isn't it? Like it's sort of like. Uh, she get a really good indie game for that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I like Steam sales <laughs> coming up, and like I don't know, seven pound does go a long way on PC. Like, what? What do you think, Phil? I think they have been worth it. Um, then again, I, because I've had to delve into them because I've been reviewing each one. So like, it's not been a case of oh, under my own Steam, I'll only play it once or twice. It's a case of okay, well, this, this is this is my time to play it five or six times and really get into this level. But whether it's because of that or just because they are really good spaces, um, yeah, I don't know, I've yeah. wrestled a lot of time out of that game. So if it's interesting. Like the value's there if you want it. I guess it's just uh, yeah, it might yeah. just be a it might just be a borderline case. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll keep an eye on it for sure, since we do seem to bang on about it. Well, Man yeah, podcast, I mean, so yeah. if nothing else, like, <clears throat> it is providing plenty of opportunities to be relevant and interesting through, like, the elusive targets and new episodes and keeps like, us talking new about updates. It. Yeah, it keeps doing things that drag us back to it, so. Yeah, and certainly, you know, every time there's a new something, it's uh, it's it feels exciting. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we will continue to keep an eye on it. Um, and now for the Andy Kelly gets his phone out and goes, <laughs> checks his Twitter oh, I forgot account. forgot it again. Damn it. <laughs> oh, no. Um, You're stuck with us. Uh, Sid Meier's Civilization VI. Uh, so, Phil, you flew to LA and you've played this game. Yes. Um, so the first reaction uh, to Civ VI announcement was that the visuals didn't seem to be that nice or that the style of it uh, was a little bit off-putting to yeah, people. Um, um, but, like, in motion, it sounds like it makes a lot more sense. People um, seemed very much against it in, uh, oh, this looks like Civilization Revolution or... Oh, it does a bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, can, I can see that, yeah. And so, but it's a nice-looking game. Therefore, it's casual trash and must be burnt uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> because that, it's for babies. But that game wasn't casual trash. Civilization Revolution was just a, a, a pretty neat pared-down sieve. Like, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't casual. It was just, you know... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the obvious thing to say is art style doesn't necessarily convey every single piece of information about what the game plays like and its difficulty and depth. That's yeah. snap, ju- snap judgments go. That's a, a little, a little bit overboard. So, um, how have you kind of found the experience uh, differing from Civ Five and what you've played? Okay, so um, I, mean, I mean, keeping on the art style for a second, I guess yes. In motion, it does look it. Uh, it does look a lot more stylized and interesting than perhaps you get from the stylistic, from the static screenshots. Um, one of the one of the best things about it is instead of like the fog of war and just this darkness and grey, you can't see this bit thing. They've got um, that kind of parchment old map look, um, which which is completely blank before you explore. Then as you explore out, you in line of sight, you just see the natural game world as it's presented. 
uh, in this quite civrevy, colourful style. But then as you move away and you lose vision, it goes back to the parchment, but this time filled in with all the resources and all the information that you had at the time you last saw it, mm. as if you were sort of charting this area and filling it in with information. And then it'll update if you go back and actually gain line of sight to it and leave, and then the new stuff would be filled in if there was like a, a, a another civilization's building there or whatever. And that's a really cool effect. Uh, I think it works quite well within the style of game it is. Mm. Um, as for how it plays, um, if you've if you've played, we we got to play sixty turns of it, and if you've played sixty turns of Civilization Five you won't have had too different an experience uh, had you been playing Civilization VI. Not too surprised to hear that. Yeah. Um, so um, like there's the, the main thing seem to be they've reworked diplomacy a bit. Um, so like people will tend to start wars at the beginning while you're scrambling for survival. Then it becomes yeah, I mean, they, they, they've definitely tweaked things. So uh, barbarians are fleshed out a bit now. So um, Yeah, I saw them. They listed that as like a, one of the main sort of points they've they've changed in this one. <clears> I found that really weird. Like barbarians are just there to kill and take their loot. Yeah, know. um... I think part of that is just like the marketing strategy they have for, for Civilization, where they're announcing certain things and they've got a roadmap for what will be announced when. Right. Like it sounds like there'll be some some fairly interesting announcements down the line, but they're being quite uh, coy with some of the information they're revealing. Yeah, there are, there were things we weren't allowed to talk about, things we're not allowed to, we weren't allowed to ask that sort of thing. You know, there's there's stuff there that yeah, no, they're they're. they're we're holding back on, but yeah. so in terms of barbarians, like they work more uh, militarily, they work more like a regular faction. They have scout units, and they'll scout you out before sending armies to deal with you and that sort of thing. Um, and then there are interesting sort of side things going on. So uh, diplomacy is kind of links in with espionage more through this rumor system, uh, where you'll just get uh, kind of the, the these snatches of information that will come out, like oh, we think. Um, this civilization. So we had like Teddy Roosevelt in our game. He was one of the enemies. Um, I say enemies. One of the other <laughs> civilized. I did declare war on him because okay. you know, oh, so glory to the UK. <laughs> so um, is that a change? Like Teddy Roosevelt was he in? He was he in Civ Five? Was it always been Lincoln in? Uh, I think Civ? it was Lincoln in Civ Five. Yeah. Uh, don't yeah. don't quiz me on historical people over the course of a franchise. No, as I say, are they changed that? So you're not necessarily just going to get the same old. Is it? Uh, what is it? Elizabeth the Second? You probably or, um, will. They've not announced all the leaders. It's Cleopatra for Egypt. It's um, yeah. You know, Gandhi. Back, Gandhi is back, yeah. So, so, so you can't play as like Gaddafi but, or anything. <laughs> so, so, so you can show that that'll be modded in. <laughs> the tyrants, yeah. Mod <laughs> that's probably happened. Okay, all right. Um, so you get rumors saying, okay, well, Roosevelt is really, really doesn't like Cleopatra, and they're probably going to declare war and that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> Civilization, yeah. Um, and that can be strengthened through trade routes because as you send your your trade guy over to another civilization, they come back with more information and then espionage will give you more and more options. So you can actually sort of dial into um, the, what's going on at a greater level in that way. That's interesting, yeah, because that was always just functional before, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, um, so it, it's kind of a nice system for making that more natural and within the systems of the game. Um, the other thing with diplomacy is so each leader has like a couple of things going on, and one's historical. Um, it, it just sort of sets their historical personality. So Roosevelt is big into big stick diplomacy, where uh, if you start a war on his continent, he will not like you much. Okay, interesting. But, you know, is that, uh, is that based on any uh, historical? I've no idea. Probably. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's been a long time since I studied any form of politics. Uh, uh, Cleopatra will like you if you have a big army, and not if you don't. Okay. Um, well, that's interesting. Oh, well, that's, that sounds a little bit more in depth. Yeah, yeah. and there, there were some interesting ones there. Like uh, Japan will like you if you have a big military and also a strong uh, faith output. But if you've got a big military and no faith, they won't. And so it's little things like that where you've got to think, okay, well, these people are my neighbours. So either I buddy up to them by kind of pandering to their their specific quirks. Yeah. Or uh, I declare war on Roosevelt and get my ass kicked. Interesting. <laughs> There's also a secondary thing, uh, which is randomised. So you might look at the... You might think, okay, well, I'm following what they want, and they still don't like you, and you can see that on the diplomacy panel they don't like you for unknown reason, and that has this modifier, and it all sort of... It's all so explained you can't, in stats. So you can't predict what's and always going to happen. Yeah, that's going to be completely randomised, and you won't know what that is Oof. until you've done enough, enough espionage to sort of uncover those conditions. Not... not so sure about that one like really? uh no i mean like what could those factors be like it just sounds i don't like, know because i didn't i couldn't do enough espionage in 60 turns to figure it out it just like, sounds like a, a random modifier to make your life a, to give you some headaches no, i don't know I don't, potentially yeah. um but i mean just because they they have this penalty against you doesn't necessarily mean that you go, you're, you're destined to go to war or anything like yeah um and, and, it, won't, and it won't always happen or uh, they'll always have some form of modifier, but I don't know. Like, I guess the question becomes: How specific are they? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, how difficult is it? It could just be, you know, they're broad strokes enough that it's only if you do a specific thing that they'll turn against you. Or well, it sounds like they are trying to find ways to shake the game up so you can you can keep yeah, being surprised to, by the other leaders. It's to foster replayability in the sense that okay, well, if this, this if there's this random element, there'll always be uh, an element of there'll always be a reason to engage with the espionage system. And there'll always be something unpredictable that'll generate interesting stories, and that's really what a civilization game needs is for, is to give you reasons to do things you wouldn't do on like a previous playthrough, yeah. and to generate interesting stories and hmm. okay. like, the revelation of why these people hated you all along. I imagine would be quite an interesting one as as you go into a campaign. It's like okay, well that's what I was doing wrong. Well, what if it's something like you haven't built any theatres in your cities? It might up, be. Up uh, yours, <laughs> Roosevelt. Um, yeah, okay. Um, uh, so, if, I mean, like, it's one of those things where it sounds like a sort of an, another dependable sieve. Um, it, yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, it's going to, like, it's hard to get too enthusiastic about it just because, like, a lot of it is quite, you know, it's sieve-like. But it was also one of the most dependable strategy series around. Like, it's a game that you know that you can plough hundreds and hundreds of hours into. Might have some other stuff going on in terms of interesting endgame stuff as well. Maybe yeah, some definitely. different future um, tech, I don't know. And they've completely overhauled culture again. They always seem to be tweaking culture. This time, it, there's like a full culture tech tree. And the point is, they want to avoid the situation where if you go for a culture victory, you're basically locking yourself into one of the most boring ways to play the game where you know you're kind of restricted to a very small number of cities because any more will give you into five you know more than a couple of cities will give you a severe um, penalty to your culture gain so how does a bigger tech tree solve that problem that just well, sounds like more more clicking no it's a, it's a tech tree in general what it what it does is it gives you options for progression that aren't tied to science output 
So you don't need to be, um, you, you, you don't need to do culture and science just to get ahead in the game. You will be able to unlock new eras via culture, and you'll be able to unlock new military solutions via culture as well. Uh, in a way, like you won't have the, um, you won't necessarily have the best, the the most powerful units, but you might be able to like push out cheap units very quickly in a way that will also you know give you a presence on the map hmm. uh, that means you're not just an easy target okay um, all right then well it sounds like there's a lot of granular changes there. but again it, 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 you don't really get much feel for it in 60 turns because you can't really yeah. set a plan in that time you just sort of yeah it's a weird restriction that 60 turns. It, it was yeah. uh yeah it was about an hour and a half of gameplay and if you think about how long a game of Civ can be you, you know you can see well okay that's that's not a lot to really get in depth on much stuff you just sort of get a flavor of what everything is and maybe declare an unadvisable war and by turn 60 are on the verge of being completely destroyed yeah yeah that sounds familiar um i panic about that i treat that like an like an exam like oh no i've not, not got enough settlers and I, oh i've meant to have more cities by this point and uh, time is about to run out it was like oh i've got to, i've got to, i've got to experience the district system which means i need to research <laughs> this and this and this within the next five turns <laughs> shit mm, yeah all right well um we'll keep an answer of six anyway like uh sounds like got, they've got a lot left to talk about oh so. uh, yeah they've got a lot left to talk about um and yeah it's it's probably going to be a good civilization Oh, yeah, like, uh, I mean, you know, a few uh, sort of like maybe Beyond Earth aside, they they all have. Yeah, right? um, yeah, and yeah, they're not as tied into um, the Civ Five template as Beyond Earth was. Like, it's running on a new engine. It's got clever, interesting things going on. Um, it still feels like it's come out of nowhere a little bit. It does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. But, um, um, but yeah, maybe maybe Firaxis is just making games with more regularity now. Uh, I say that, but like, uh, yeah, still took them over three years to make uh, new XCOM. So, yeah, it's uh, fair enough. They're not a massive studio, are they? They're yeah, and like, yeah. I guess Civ Five came out came out before XCOM, didn't it? That's true. But then Beyond Earth was only 2014. Like, uh, yeah, but I think everyone just sort of mentally shifts that as a little side <laughs> project that happened. Uh, yeah, it's weird. They've not made any more expansions for it, have they? Beyond that Rising Tide one. Well, they made Rising Tide. Uh, I remember at Firaxicon talking to the developers, and they were like, no, "Don't worry, we've, we know what was wrong with Civ. Rising Tide will definitely completely shake it up." And it sounds like it was quite good, but I don't think you can completely shake up. What was going on with? Ah, oh, shame though. That game. Shame it, that, is, is, uh, it is. It is. Know, a, an Alpha Centauri deep. kind of like spiritual successor is still a good idea, you know. So hopefully, they don't I, yeah, it seems like there's so much more they could have done with that. Like if that had been like the big new Civ sixty type reveal, I think it would have been a lot more exciting a prospect yeah. as opposed to yeah, this is kind of like a spin off Civ five. It's just Civ with pink water. Mm. And aliens instead of barbarians. Ah, oh, well, that's kind of a shame. <laughs> that's me. That's me just being massively reductive. Uh, that's right. Hey, we can all do that. <laughs> hey, Civ Six is just Civ Five with the same barbarians yeah. <laughs> and blue water. No, I look forward to. No, uh, it's gonna be good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I do, I do like a good Civ. Like, uh, yeah, it's always relaxing. Hope there's more interesting ways to kill loads of people in uh, the next one. Yeah, I'd be nice, nice to drop a H bomb on people and see what that does. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've done I've done the nuke in like you know five yeah. different Civs now. Like. Have you ever done any kind of um, uh, viral outbreaks or stuff like that? Like stuff that spreads You can poison the, the water, um, but I don't know if that it could spreads. be interesting. Some sort of like epidemic that spreads across continents and forcing countries to work together or well, fight for scant supplies. Or... 
Yeah, I mean, like they could try that. Stellaris does something similar to that, and I'm not yet convinced it's a great idea because in the main campaign, when I experienced that, it was basically what ground everything to a halt and made it really uninteresting. Yeah. That's interesting. So I'm like... I don't know, it seems like you need a lot of confidence and testing to get something like that right. I wonder, I wonder if you can uh, you can build things like social media in this one and add, <laughs> add those to your Yeah, like go viral in that research. way, yeah. And, your, yeah. and your culture score just dips. <laughs> <laughs> you have invented memes. <laughs> yeah, Negative exactly. 100 culture. <laughs> Okay, cool. Now that we've covered the game that Andy uh, has no interest in, we can uh, we can move <laughs> on to our discussion and reader segment. We'll be back in well, like five seconds, I guess. Welcome back. We're going to discuss E3, which is coming up in about 11 days, I think, now, uh, from when we're Jesus, recording this. 11 days. Yeah, something like that. God help us all. I keep, I, well, I woke up on Saturday and thought, oh, was I meant to get on a plane today and go to E3? <laughs> um, and it's annoying because I've seen people say, oh, yeah, I've got an aisle seat. And I'm like, you're not meant to do that till two days before. Uh, so I keep worrying that I'll accidentally miss E3, but hopefully that won't happen. Um, you'll soon know in this yeah. podcast. But um, no, it's coming up and... Uh, there's quite a lot going on with E3 this time. Like um, on Sunday, there's a lot happening this time. There's uh, like an EA uh, thing and then the Bethesda thing. Yep. And that's when they're doing their normal conference output, um, which is a shift from normally doing it on the Monday. Bethesda did do Sunday last year. But um, yeah, basically means I have to work on Sunday, which is <laughs> fine. But yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm kind of wondering what you guys are kind of uh, hoping for or expecting from E3 this year. Like, um, is there anything on your wish list? Like the first thing that came to mind for me was I, I would like a full proper reveal of Mass Effect Andromeda. It feels like it's been a long, long time since that's been in the that we've known mm. that's been in the works and last year should have probably shown off more than they did. I mean it's out in meant to be out in like early next yeah, year I think and this year we need to see something running, don't we, in engine. Just a bit of game being played. Yeah, or like wanna see some low walls yeah. cover being shot over i'd like to see like 10 to 15 minutes of how you know what what it's like to go onto a planet this time or you know what the premise is or who your characters are that's like. what we need 20 minutes of hot mako action <laughs> well yeah i just just to know what what the sort of structure of the game is mm. like um do you still have a ship do you still choose to fly around do you still scan planets and fire off drones all these things i'd like to know um and i think this could be the e3 where you, you potentially might see like three or four bioware games be announced like um could you could ha- you could have a new Dragon Age announced or like the tactical spin-off mm. or something like been a while? Oh, yeah, now. yeah. There was yeah, there was rumors of a, a tactical Dragon Age, which I think would be a good move for the series. Um, yeah, we're closing in on two years since Inquisition, and that was the last thing they made. Like, but they have uh, tended to alternate between Inquisition and Mass Effect releases, so that's true. But then, like um, you know, Dragon Age Two uh, came out about I don't know like about just under a year before Mass the before Mass Effect, and we know that Bioware is also working on a a new thing you know something a bit more kind of real world set that they mm. I think they first teased like two oh, yeah, years yeah, now yeah. so that's been that's been coming for it's a long time it's hard to keep up because they do sometimes announce things and then just casually drop them what was that like 4v what was that multiplayer thing oh they, yeah yeah the, um, I can't remember what's called now was it like, Shadow something yeah and it was just gone within about oh, yeah, exactly. two months like, okay well that's a thing that doesn't exist anymore I guess but there's got to be some bigger Bioware stuff in the works, right? Was it last year that EEA had their really disappointing look, here's stuff that's going to be available a long, long time in the future that we can't announce yet? 
Um, I think that was two was years ago. The year before, yeah. Yeah. Where it was a bit, it was, it was just talking heads in studios going, God, when we make this, whew, so that, you better watch out. But that's what the original Mass Effect team has been working on, that yeah. new thing. Like, whatever that is, we still haven't seen that. Like, they could announce that. Um, you know, uh, I think some people would like to see a new Knights of the Old Republic game. Don't know no, if they're working on that sure, or not, yeah. but like... Um, now they've got Star Wars license back, I guess yeah. it's possible. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I don't know, like, um, those are things I'd like to see. But how, mm. how about you guys? What are you, what are you excited about seeing at E3 this year? Or what would you like to see? Uh, <clears throat> well, apart from The Last Guardian, which isn't on PC. So, yeah, yeah that's, I mean, I'm excited to see what the hell happened with that thing. Maybe it'll come to PC. Mm. Nah, no, nah, nah. never. Um, but more relevant to this podcast, um, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, I want to see what Kojima's been up to. I want to see what the story okay. is behind that uh, skeleton in a uh, in a spacesuit. I think it could be too early. for Yeah, that. do you reckon yeah. we're in a Just position to even? He'll drop a little a little nugget. It'll come out. See, one of either Sony or Microsoft will pay a fortune for him to come out for Sony. five seconds. Sony already has, I think, yeah. at the conference and go point at the screen and something will happen for two seconds probably an, anim- an animated shot of that skeleton in a space suit and I, I, I'd be happy with that yeah it just comes out and goes I am making a computer game yeah. and then walks off again <laughs> I just want I like to, be well, to be yeah. fair yeah, it would be nice if he comes out and says that rather than I am just touring every game studio and friend I have by yeah. the way, over a one a year period <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I just check just out this see, sausage just see <laughs> it's been Kojima. a long time since a good Kojima sausage tweet yeah. that's what I want from E3 it's is a good Kojima sausage tweet yeah yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything I'm I'm that um, pumped for. Uh, mm. That's that's not been. I can't really think of. I mean, like maybe uh, if Rockstar broke tradition uh, and attended E3 and showed off a new Red Dead game, that would be exciting. But I don't. They've never done the, E3, uh, so this has to be the year they announce something though, because like. Um, it's been. They can't live off GT Online DLC forever. I think can. they can. I think, they can. can. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Yeah, I but that... I need I need a good Rockstar single player game in my life. I, I need a new one of some yeah. kind. Mm. Well, like, everyone even thinks... a Max Payne, uh, anything. Everyone thinks Red Dead is the next thing that's in the works, and it's it's like it would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. But like, um, it's weird how um their sort of output has gone from they've gone from being quite prolific to now they just make one game every four or five years, yeah. and like um. I don't know, like it was last, uh, you know, in the last kind of console cycle, you had Red Dead, L.A. Noir, and Max Payne 3 and GTA 5 all release on like, you know, each year. Yeah. And now it's just, it's been what, we're closing on three years since GTA 5 released uh, originally on consoles? Like, yeah. long, long time. And they've got a lot of people working for them. You would think they've got something to show this year. I think the, to make the game, to make games on the scale they do, maybe it's getting more difficult. In terms of production values, like to create Los Santos and that map, yeah, yeah. It's such a uh, re- resources, financially, manpower, everything. So maybe to make the games they do at the level they want in terms of, you know, production values, maybe it just takes longer now. So yeah, probably. Yeah. Like uh, maybe the next, uh, the next Red Dead, if and hopefully it comes to PC yeah. um, this time. Um, maybe that will just you know be set in like a, a world that's Los Santos yeah. sized or detailed. Yeah. You know. But their, their single player games always just have a sort of lavish feel to them, that, and, and a, char- a very ca- character that's very them, like Alien Noir, Mac, even Max Payne GTA. They all have a sort of can, uh, some sort DNA of, there. Yeah, there's a shad. It feels like a Rockstar game. I just, I, I just, I need a new one of them. It's sort of like that kind of, uh, <clears throat> you know, flair for the cinematic. You know, that sort of pastiche of films they've seen. You know, yeah. like uh, that's 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 the sort of thing I associate with them. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, really heavy cinematic influence and yeah, yeah, quite brazen 
uh, hot homages to, what if, to, yeah. What if they announced Bully 2? Bully 2, this time it's in college. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, maybe uh, Agent, maybe that'll, <laughs> that'll show up again. Yeah, maybe that'll. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be good to just, yeah, I mean, a Red Dead, you know, would be amazing because, you know, Red Dead's one of my favourite games. Another one of them would be amazing with current, you know, technology. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, who, who even knows? It's, uh, but, it, but yeah, they've never. I don't think they've ever attended an E3. Maybe yeah. very early on, but well, they did announce the console versions of GTA Five, the ne- the next yeah. gen ones at E3. That's right. They did announce Agent at E3. I know that never came out. <laughs> and that was both instances of um, corporate men in suits announcing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they, in one case, tattooed on his arm. <laughs> so they could just release a trailer for one of their games at the same time as an E3 conference and, and then dominate conversation. Yeah, that would like be brilliant if they did everyone that. Everyone forgets yeah. about E3. That'd be bit. very them as well, wouldn't it? Very like, yeah, we're, we, we were on our own on yeah. sort of wavelength here. Yeah, yeah, Rockstar, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I, this, I definitely want to hear more from them because their games are just yeah. always a big events. And like, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. I'm excited about a new GTA. You know, like just being announced. A GTA still is something I look forward to. And yeah, so... That we should maybe theoretically in like a year be getting a sniff of a new one well, of them. Mm. Yeah, I think maybe. But also, you've got to remember GTA Online is making them so much bank. Yeah. Oh, so much I'm bank. Kind of I, that as a, as a primarily single player person that annoys me. The GTA yeah, Online is doing like so well. The same when uh, CS:GO and Dota and TF2 yeah. became so big <clears> for Valve and Steam became so big for Valve. There's like. I mean, yes, everybody wants a new single-player Valve game, but they yeah. never need to make one. Because they wrote, like, so many... They established so many great rules about FPS design, you know, that people refer to now. Yeah. And they just abandoned it. They went, no, we've, we've set the rules for the genre. <laughs> exactly, just going to yeah. leave it. Yeah, like... Um, <laughs> In fairness, they, yeah, they, they kind of mastered the genre and went, oh, fine. The thing yeah. is, if I, was a, if I was, like, a younger man and I had lots more spare time, then I would definitely get into GTA Online. Like, I just checked in on, like, what was going on with the latest update. And they're bringing, like, you can buy, like, offices and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you can run dr- run drug <laughs> operations that make you money. And, like... Yeah, it's gotten crazy, like... It's like an MMO broad, now. It's, yeah. You know, it's an yeah, MMO yeah. you don't have to pay a subscription fee for, which is great, because, you know, it's being banked by people who spend money on microtransactions. Yeah. Fair some. enough. Um, but, yeah, there are still a lot a lot of heists out there, Sam, that we've not finished. Yeah. A lot of, lot of GTA content there. But just I'd, lying on the floor for us. That's true. But I'd like to see just a new world from Rockstar yeah, just yeah. to explore a new open world from them yeah. I'd kind of derailed that there no, E3, right. chat, but E3 yeah. then no, that's fine those are, the, <laughs> those are the big things I'm excited about Phil what about you so uh, this, this is far from confirmed there's just been some kind of r- rumours about there that aren't all that reliable but those rumours speculate that Bethesda will announce Prey 2 at E3 wasn't that a Kotaku rumour that uh, was a Kotaku rumor. That was a Kotaku rumor, wasn't it? I think yeah. that isn't, wasn't it them who said it? I'll look it up now. I think there was a Kotaku and there was some fan site, some Prey, to, Prey fan site, which, as if such a thing exists. <laughs> um, Is it on, like, uh, I don't know, like, GeoCities <laughs> website? Like it's got there. the spinning GIFs of <laughs> yeah. the globe and everything. Um but but yeah, that 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 is out there, and the concept of that sounded con- amazing. I mean, Space I'm Bounty Hunter. Sure, I've talked about how disappointed I was that Prey Two got cancelled before on the podcast because yeah. yeah, the concept of it, everything about it, just looked and sounded great. So if that is actually a real thing that they've kind of been working on in the background, the connection to the first game was pretty clever. Where at the beginning, when you you get sucked into the alien portal, you see like a passenger jet. Yeah, and you're supposedly one of. It's kind of like um, Guardians of the Galaxy, like a displaced. Uh, human ends up in a weird space place and, and like 
becomes part of it. Yeah. It's just weird here, you talk, hearing you talk about uh, Marvel movies, Andy. It's, just, <laughs> just, it's, it's, it's not really on your reference yeah. sort of like scale. Normally. I don't like Marvel movies, but Guardians of the Galaxy is, is crept into like one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah. So, the power of space. Mm. It, uh, here it is, and it's uh, yeah, Jason Schreier. I can't pronounce his name, but Jay, that, that man from Kotaku. Um, uh, all I've heard is they're announcing it at E3 for Prey 2. I'm not 100% sure, though. I do know it's codenamed Danielle and under development Arkane Austin. And this is a totally new Prey 2. It might even be called something else now. Uh, not the one we saw in 2011 from Prey okay. So, like, um, I mean, so, like, so that's, that's uh, basically yeah. what we heard about that, but who knows? Well, I think the. The original concept was strong enough that I would like to see that original concept happen. Or like an open world Blade Runner Yeah, exactly. Fucking hell. Where you're a bounty hunter. and Everything about that is cool. Apart from the fact you were called Killian Samuels in that game. Yeah. That's that's the only thing that needs to change about that. No, no. No, that stays too. (laughs) Well, you know. Let's commit fully. But, like, okay, even if it's not that, um, Arcane are good. They do good things. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that's true. Is there but, enough um, for them to be making that? They've got two studios, haven't they? So, yeah. Austin, um, uh, Leon, is it? Yeah. yeah, and it did take them four um, years to make um, Dishonored Two. So Leon's you, doing Dishonored Two. Presumably, there's some work. Probably doing something. Yeah, I mean, probably had some like stuff. I mean, there's already great concept art for Prey Two. It was done around, yeah. so there's a bit of work's been done for them, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm keen to see what this. Uh, another rumor has been going around <clears> is that um, there's a new Resi game being made by. Oh yeah. What they got? What Jordan? Jordan Amaro, who worked on PT, is apparently yeah. involved in it. And it's Metal like Gear re- as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So it's apparently like a return to the roots sort of survival horror game, and like that immediately made me think, what if it's a kind of like because uh, people were talking about kitchen demo that Capcom had. Like, what if it's an optionally VR first person experience of going through a mansion with like PT style fucked up stuff happening? <laughs> like how how cool that might be for uh, a. Yeah. Whereas he's more sort of uh, straightforward though, isn't it? With this horror, it'll just be zombies lunging <laughs> at you. And that yeah, it's not really psychological. But they do need to they need to tap into something new. Like yeah, um, yeah. And I don't know. They, yeah, they've reinvented before. Um, they just only do it every four games or so. <laughs> it's weird, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I, I, so yeah, w- won't this be Resi Eight? Uh, yeah. seven. Oh, okay, oh. seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Um, so, so, so actually, this one could just be another derivative thing on the road to eight, which will be the true reinvention. I don't think it will be. No, they I think, couldn't. They, I think I think they'd kill the series if they did that. I think they yeah. know that sort of action kind of route has run its course, and they need yeah. to do something new. And like, um, you know, and honestly, I think people want to make horror games that like YouTubers are going to bang on about or Twitch streamers <laughs> are going to scream at. Like, that's that's certainly <laughs> something that is the end goal. Well, yeah, you know, and like, uh, just look at how much PT got people talking. Like, if you're Capcom and you you don't know what to do with your series, and you see that take off, like, and, and meanwhile the publisher that's meant to be making the actual game of that just dumps it, isn't there like a gap for you to to come in there and tap into some of the same ideas? Speculation on my part, but you know, yeah, uh, that's what yeah. I'd like to see from Resi. Would so. be interesting. It'll also be interesting to see the Resi fan reaction to that being announced, if that is what that is. I yeah. think that, yeah, <coughs> I think the fact that people didn't, many people didn't enjoy Resi Six at all, is probably a sign. That probably. A sign it. that it's time, yeah. Yeah, so I'd like to see that. Uh, Anything else we're looking forward to? Um, I, I guess know. Titanfall 2, I'm interested to see a bit of that. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, lose my shit. I'm not going to stay up all night with my Titanfall 2 handmade banner. No, I, I, anything, I, I but. W- wouldn't mind seeing, uh, getting a skosh of the uh, the new Star Wars games from EA as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one that uh, Visceral's working on, led by... 
Uncharted's Amy Hennig. That'd be, that could be cool. Well, that's not out to 2018, but still, just a first glimpse of that would be nice. What about Ubisoft? Anything? anything? I guess we'll see more Ghost Wildlands. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Ghost, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Ghost Recon Wildlands, yeah. Wildlands, yeah. yeah. That looked really cool when it was announced <coughs> last year, was it? I just don't know how that's going to run on like anything. Oh, if I any game is screaming, we'll probably get a downgrade when it's released. <laughs> it, was, it looked so good. Don't feed the trolls, Phil. But it, it did look like... so good. It was like a Just Cause-sized world, seemingly, but with, like, with, like, with four, four people... people seamlessly running around it and I was just like how out in buggies and I suppose like GTA 5 on PC it you know offers that and looks incredible so I suppose it's not outside the realms of possibility it just seems yeah unlikely. and also you've got to remember like what they showed didn't have much detail it was just a big big mountain-y plane I mean look thing. at Armour Armour does that yeah um, you can just have you can have like, as long as you don't have much detail in there you can yeah. <laughs> Armour's pretty right. detailed though the, ta- the, the towns looked pretty good in what I saw the, the, the demo I saw behind closed doors at E3 last year but no, I really want that to be good. I think that yeah. could be really good fun. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing a bit of that. And then uh, what else is there on the Ubisoft front? Uh, they'll have Watch Dogs 2. That's been rumoured, hasn't it? That has been rumoured. Yeah, and then I don't know. Don't know what else. They'll always have a, they always have a secret thing they drop, don't they? Um, a, big oh, tra- a trailer some, for a big some thing. Just Dance DLC. <laughs> Yeah. That's the um, that that's my kind of memory of every E3 in the last three years is hearing the just dance stage going off nonstop and oh some God, people yeah. some people just dancing endlessly. Um trapped it, in it, their nightmare. <laughs> their nightmare jive world. No, I'm looking forward to to, to that stuff. But it's, yeah, it'll be the I guess the big manufacturers will have like uh, major announcements. Do you reckon Microsoft will have anything for PC? Have they have they given up yet? I, I'm sure they'll have something. But like um, Maybe they'll announce a new Forza and that'll Definitely come to but, yeah. It, it did sound like yeah, <clears throat> Forza's going forward were planned for PC. So if they announce a new one, that it's something to be hopeful for. There has and been this you forge- quite rated uh, Apex. Apex. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, it's free on Windows 10, and it's like um, 20 events, and it just gives you a taste of all of the cards and stuff, and it, it runs beautifully. It's got some um, um, tech where um, if your frame rate starts to dip under 60, it'll automatically alter graphic settings in the background so it'll turn ambient occlusion okay. down a bit just to get you for extra frames and you don't notice it happening it's quite it's something I can see more games doing and it really did keep the frame rate I was playing in 4k and it, uh, at 1440p and it was wow. super smooth Spot with that on. thing turned on so now quantum yeah. break super needed that didn't yeah. they really oh man quantum break <laughs> I'm not doubting it there's like a 26 gig patch for that like come on that's not <laughs> that's not a proper job but um, yeah I, I think there'll probably be more of that stuff I, I what was this weird thing with um how you could you could do the use the Forge tools in Windows? Uh, sorry, in Halo yeah, Five on PC. In, yeah, for if you don't yeah. know, Forge is like Halo's like uh, in-game creation tool, and you can yeah. create maps and mini games and weird stuff with it. And they're releasing that standalone on PC for some reason. You yeah. might as well just release the game. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> we're not going to release a Halo Halo, but hey, yeah. you, can, you can make some maps. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I'll, be I'll, our content farm. Yeah. yeah, but you can. The thing about Forge is you can actually jump into your creation and run around and and so maybe the idea is that it will have all the Forge creations off of the console version that you can then play. It'll still be not as good as the main game, but yeah, you still get to play a bit of Halo on PC. But, oh, just these these Halo scraps that are yeah. thrown to us. Well, like Apex, I wonder if it's just like a test run for like, yeah. this is how, you know, you can now run Halo on PC. Let's just release the full thing. That'd mm. be cool, right? I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then Sony will no doubt have some... Uh, like I know trailers for things that will never come out never or, come or, to us or, or anyone. <laughs> Some David Cage <laughs> nonsense. I'm sure. Uh, will, will Square Enix have another weird 
press conference. That was weird last year, wasn't it? Was it? it was weird. very sort of subdued and businessy, even though like Kingdom Hearts. It was. <laughs> it was definitely 2006 era E3s. It was like very, very nostalgic. Yeah, I, do, I don't know actually. Like, um, I think seeing more of that Final Fantasy VII remake probably on the cards. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be back to talk about this in future weeks mm. anyway. Uh, all the big news and such. But um, yes. Uh, for our questions segment this month, just um, this month, this episode, just got three questions from uh, from Twitter. Um, are you guys hoping for a Witcher four before twenty twenty, or at least a spin off game? Um, yes. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the yeah, thing, please. Yeah, that'd be nice. The thing I've um, I heard Matt Castle of OXM talking to me about Blood and Wine today was um, him saying that he wishes they could just release like one expansion like Blood and Wine mm. every year, and that was The Witcher until like The Witcher four came out. That'd be amazing. Like. Um, it took me a while, but I'm, <coughs> yeah, really on board with The Witcher 3 these days. Um, yeah. Absolutely loving going through it. That, wasn't I'm, that I, how you spent your bank holiday weekend, Phil? Yeah, almost entirely. Uh, when it was, it was, I was either playing that or I was <coughs> lying in bed, sick from too much chicken, playing Phoenix Wright on my DS. <laughs> what, a random or a random top bank holiday. <laughs> what, uh, which, uh, if this is a bit off topic, but which Phoenix Wright were you playing? I'm going one? through the trilogy because I've, I've never played any of them, so I'm going through the first <coughs> three. I'm on number two at the moment. Oh, I, I stopped at number two because I thought all of the lock stuff was bullshit in two. That is kind of weird, yeah. Yeah, sorry. This game's uh, these games did technically come out on PC in Japan, I think, but like never in uh, never in. Hey, the, we'll take the UK. It. objection. <laughs> you it's not a PC game. You could you could um, <laughs> you can emulate it fairly easily, but that would be illegal. And you know, allegedly, you could or couldn't do that. Like I, you know, I couldn't really say. I'll be honest, I didn't because I was in bed. <laughs> they an awkward setup. They are like they are basically console point and click. Sorry, uh, PC point and click. Yeah, games they're, 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 they're just visual novels. Like there's very yeah. little difference between that and say Danganronpa, which yeah. you can play on PC right now. Yeah, because that is a, a same thing. You except you're a child instead of a lawyer. except you're a child <laughs> around in, in you're a child in a murder Watson. school, yeah. <laughs> finding out the truth with truth bullets. There's a yeah. few, yeah. There's a few differences, but yeah. essentially, <laughs> the basically same. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah. Maybe those games are kind of PC one day. But um, wow, that was a derailment. one. Anyway, Witcher. <laughs> yeah, Witcher. Yeah. I mean, I'm not super like, yeah. looking forward to it. And yeah, it would be great if they could release just big, big old bit of Witcher every now and again. But yeah, I'd like to see them do that. I'm not. Uh, as fussed about them doing another one like I'd like to see them turn their talents to something else which they are literally doing mm. with cyberpunk but yeah I mean like the, the uh, does it feel I've not finished The Witcher 3 but a lot of people have told me that I feel the ending feels quite like a good ending to the ending the of Blood and Wine or of, of um, the main game okay so some people said that Blood, Blood and Wine feels like uh, the main game ended on such a yeah. In such a way that to continue it cheapens it a bit, kind of thing. Okay. Like so, may, may, you know, maybe they should leave it as a trilogy. Do you think? Like, a, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trilogy, yet, so yeah. Uh, but it's not, it's it's not a great trilogy though. It's it's like two games. Yeah, yeah great. it's it's like <laughs> half of it. I mean, which two's pretty good. Yeah. You could set uh, a game. You could set another game in that universe, right? Like that's yeah. Maybe they could do, do another, but, yeah. They've just started yeah. the open world ones now, so. Yeah, there are other witches in that world. I mean, none of them are going to be quite the same. Do you but think people would like it if you didn't play as Geralt? Do you think people would accept that? I don't know. Um, he is quite. He's quite an interesting, iconic yeah, character, isn't he? Um, Could do a Siri spin-off. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, yeah, it, witcher, it, it might be interesting. Yeah. yeah, if you like, took or even like took <coughs> control of one of the sorceresses in that world, yeah. Triss or Yennefer. I like the idea of that being a wandering, ones. wandering mage, and everyone sort of fearing you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that'd cool. be interesting. Um, I, I like the idea that the uh, that CD Projects whole thing now will probably be like Bethesda in that they'll just uh, they'll go off and 
they'll be their, their cachet is so high that whatever they make, like when they Bethesda made Fallout Three, people will follow that and uh, be <coughs> interested in that. And so uh, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if at some point they did return to The Witcher world, and it might yeah it might be like a few projects down the line, but I think demand will always remain high for more <coughs> Witcher. Yeah, I don't think yeah I don't think that's going away. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think a spin-off is not out of the question, though. Like, a, a Gwent uh, spin-off might yeah, be uh, like I, for mobiles. I wouldn't be surprised if there was, like, some sort of Gwent. I don't. I, I love Gwent, and I'm not sure it would work in, like, a multiplayer competitive setting. Uh, I'm just not, not sure it's that well-balanced, which is fine if you just play on a computer because you don't care. But mm. I, <laughs> guess, I guess we will see. It'll be interesting. Um, when are we going to see games that take full advantage of what... Uh, I almost said Deus Ex, then. But DirectX uh, 12 <laughs> promised. Um, when will games take full advantage of Deus Ex 12? <laughs> well, the new um, new GPUs from NVIDIA are coming out, and they're probably going to have all kinds of DirectX 12-related tomfoolery. Yeah, you would think so. You think that would be the them. start of it, wouldn't you? Or, yeah. you know, um, more of a move into it. But. To pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Which isn't, is which isn't, is exactly what we're all doing. Isn't a lot of <laughs> DirectX 12's main feature set around optimization of performance rather than pushing new graphical Yeah, it's like, what well, is, I, I, I know a tiny bit about this, and I think the thing about DirectX 12 and also AMD's equivalent, what's AMD's thing called? It's got, an, it's got a ludicrous name. But the idea is that it can uh, pump out a lot of uh, graphical power, but use way less actual power yeah use way less power and generate less heat so it's yeah it's like you send more efficiency sort mm -hmm. of thing but there are like there's a few um direct x12 techs isn't there, that, that are actually in hitman but then started crashing hitman whenever you yeah, them. So like some sort of uh, we don't know enough <laughs> we're not true, qualified we <laughs> this god okay yeah all right there's so a bit of information in there that you can maybe google and learn some actual facts from, yeah and see from I, google and see i'm i'm so well qualified in this area which is why i call it deus x12 <laughs> as opposed to direct x12 so uh so that's good i hope that answers your question <clears throat> something uh, to do with UK. teraflops yeah <laughs> something something graphic something um when or what is needed for rts gaming to make a comeback sc2 is a dying game and the rts market is wide open now so I assume he means StarCraft too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I assume um, hands. Thanks for that. I assume that hands means um, that uh, a competitive RTS as opposed to any RTS. Yeah, I'm, I like f f to say that it's dying must refer to the multiplayer. And again, probably came to the wrong group of people to ask this <laughs> question. Yeah, yeah. get Chris on the on the horn. Yeah. StarCraft Two <laughs> is a big selection of very good single player games with some extra single-player DLC that keeps coming out these days as episodes, and yeah. that's all I want from RTSs, is a good campaign, and not to ever meet a human. Yeah, that's ever. it's the same for me, so, you know, Dawn of War 3 is like, uh, you know, yep. that's, a, that's a big, nice one on the horizon. It's going to be but, top. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, like, it's um, it's funny, like, it's strategy generally. Um, a reader wrote into me and said that, like, um, why don't you guys cover many strategy games anymore? And then within two months, we put Total War Warhammer yeah. uh, and uh, Dawn of War 3 on our covers, so, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's it's as a sort of starved as it was about a year or so ago when it's maybe seemed a bit quieter. But um, yeah, perhaps. I, I mean, Umbrella Strategy seems to be doing well, especially Grand Strategies, Total War, Solaris, that sort of thing. Yeah, doing pretty well. Um, Turn-based 4x stuff seems to be quite in at the moment. Um, RTSs <clears throat> maybe a little less so. Like yeah. just pure. You've got you've got stuff like Ashes of the Singularity where it's like hey, this is good, but. No one's going to tell you it's essential. Like it's not a thing that you that there's going to change strategy gaming. In. Yeah, I think um, nostalgia for Command and Conquer is sort of reaching uh, its peak. Mm. So maybe it's time for a, a new one of them with sort of ironic FMV cutscenes with you know. 
I, th- I think a ludicrous cast. There was like, like um, there was a sort of like pixelated kind of like uh, pastiche of that. I think made by I, I don't want to say Petroglyph, but some of the ex devs of Petroglyph who obviously worked on CNC. But like I think there has been a point now where people are making those sort of like yeah. updated <clears throat> tributes to those games, like in a way that kind of Wasteland Two was sort of you know yeah. all those sort of Kickstarter games have evoked a certain feeling, but aren't necessarily the same thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, EA tried to reboot Command and Conquer. Actually, I remember I went to oh. an event and saw it. Oh, I played it. No, I can't. Remember. I think it was no, it was some dev made up of people who worked on some uh, generals. I think, and I sat and I actually played it. I played a new Command and Conquer. Was it Generals Two? Got cancelled. Yeah, I think it, it's, well, I think, I think said, it was just called Command and Conquer for a bit, yeah. and then maybe it was Generals Two for a bit, and then it was Command and Conquer again, yeah. and then it was a cancelled project. Yeah, the dev yeah. said it was basically Generals yeah. and a yeah, sequel to Generals, but it was just called Command and Conquer. And I remember it just being very brown and. Just unremarkable. Sounds a bit like generals. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think that. It, I, but I do think Bioware was involved in that. Like, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I remember the doctors doing interviews on it uh, shortly before they left, and like, yeah, just uh, I guess it just went away. Drove them out. <laughs> That's not true. That and, and it doesn't mean that at all. Um, okay, EA legal department. Yeah, you can't, you can't pin Joke that alert. on us. Joke alert. Yeah, that's that is not correct information. Um, okay, cool. Uh, well, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week to talk about who knows what. What will be uh, what will be next week? I don't know. Oh, probably a bit more Hitman. Yeah. Whoa. But it might what be some. Uh, oh, know. this uh, Mirror's Edge is out next week. Um, so I'm meant to be reviewing that this week, and I'll talk a bit about that. I'm sure. Um, if what a you, reason to tune in. What Mirror's Edge? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good yeah. reason to share. I just couldn't tell if you're being ironic. Oh, no. Sorry. I was, I was, I'm trying to hype up the next episode for. Well, no, I appreciate that. You know, get um, people listening, get people coming back. Uh, we also have a new issue of the magazine out this week in the UK. Uh, it features uh, it's issue 283 and it has Dishonored 2 on the cover. Yeah. A lovely bit of artwork that's a, a split, kind of like uh, Emily Corvo uh, face cover. I wish mm. I'd describe that better. Um, but yeah, it's um, there's uh, some nice uh, new impressions in there, which is cool, yeah. as well as a history of the immersive sim uh, sort yeah, of genre. Yeah, a full feature about so, tracking that genre. It's a and, nice, uh, dorky, PC-centric uh, yeah. issue. A nice, a nice look back at... Call of Duty Modern Warfare the first <clears throat> yeah and an interview with Duncan yeah. Jones who uh, directed the uh, Warcraft movie which uh, has been you know had a mixed reception yeah, for people um, so far but you can if you want to hear a bit about his past as a, a gamer um, and he apparently he said he's a PC gamer reader so we'll have to, to uh, choose whether to believe that but when he picked up the phone <laughs> he, he, I, I had to phone him when he was in LA and it was 10pm at an hour time so I was sitting in my front room and the first thing he said when he answered the phone is he went, PC Gamer! And I went, <laughs> yeah. Oh. You're all right. Yeah. You're all right, Duncan. Let's give, let's give this movie 95% for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stroking our egos. Um, but no, that's that's true, actually. And then there's also, yeah, like Phil says, there's a really good making of, like, um, All Gillied Up and uh, No Russian. Mm. Like, like two of the best Call of Duty levels or the most yeah. notable Call of yeah, Duty levels. Yeah, if you want it, that's, that was really fascinating, that feature hearing sort of the thought process behind No Russian, which, was, yeah. of course, was very... Uh, yeah. Divisive, yeah. Or how they kind of one designer sort of broke the code of uh, Call of Duty Four to make the AI do what they do and all giddied up and yeah, yeah. It was, and some of the things oh, he, he really didn't, good. some of the things he didn't put in because it would be too much is what yeah. he talks about, which is like, yeah, it's already it's already quite a lot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a it's a really good issue for yeah, some well, uh, so <clears> cool stuff. There's the bit in the back of the magazine where we just talk some guff about some games. That's yeah. Yep, um, Andy, does, Andy revisits Skyrim and yeah. uh, five years five years old this year. Yeah, so clearly yeah. you can you can hear from our you know from our not at all faux marketing pattern <laughs> that, we, that we think it's a good issue. Yeah. So uh, you can go buy that on Thursday, I think. I think it's yeah. Thursday. Yeah, it's usually Thursday. Usually Thursday or in uh, in all good shops. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>